1: Good afternoon and welcome into another edition of Woods and Water South Carolina. Glad you're with me. It's uh, <laughs> chilly out there, or at least it's supposed to be chilly. I'm actually not here today. I um, got some things going on, and 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 you know I was, which is interesting because I was I knew I had some busy time coming up, and I was going to have to have to pull some shows or record some shows before they aired. And I was actually been I've been going back through and and updating all the podcasts on Woods and Water South Carolina, and I don't. I don't. I'm not very good at that. I'm a horrible procrastinator when it comes to doing stuff on the website. But I do have a website. It's woodsandwaterse.com, and I don't think I've posted anything on there since like early 2018, which is really pathetic. As many places I go and things that I do and all the stuff I could be posting up there, but I have. I, I took most of last weekend and part of this week, and I actually have updated. All the podcasts are our shows. I guess you call them shows here. They're not podcasts. I guess once they're not live anymore, they're podcasts uh, to the website. So there are 269 episodes of Woods and Water South Carolina on the website starting the last weekend of March 2014. I'm still trying to run down a few shows that have gotten lost somewhere. Uh, may find them, may not find them. The spread over a couple of computers. I'll have to, I just see if I can ever find them. But yeah, 269. So if you you don't get enough of me every Saturday, then feel free to go to the website. All you got to do is hover over the podcast tab and it'll pull up 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. And I'm still waiting on somebody to comment that 2020 is empty. Folks, we haven't got to 2020 yet. So even though it's published, there's nothing in there. But so anyway, well yeah, that's my accomplishment for this week. Time management going forward is to every time I get those, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them posted, and, and I, then I got to do more with the website. But anyway, that's beside the fact. But anyway, having said all that, I knew I was gonna be out, and and when I was going through 2018, picking up a couple shows here. the when I was in Alaska last year in August with Taylor, Geddes Brandon, my good friend from the University of South Carolina Anglers uh came in and ran the show for me and he had Mark Zona and James Overstreet with him and I started listening a little bit of it. I was like, oh this is good stuff and I figured, well shoot, I am just gonna run that this week. So so what's gonna follow is Geddes Brandon hosting Mark Zona who Zona's ultimate or Zona's fishing adventures or challenge or whatever. Uh you know, he's he is one of the uh, kind of like on the water reporters for Bass Live and has his own television show, Fish and Television Show, is a, and he's really just a great guy. I saw him and talked to him at Springfield, Missouri, uh, just a month or so ago. And then James Overstreet, who is one of the main photographers for Bass, uh, they come on and, and of course, Gettis, he he's a character in himself. So, anyway, that's what the show's going to be today. You're going to listen to that, and uh, and it was just good. I I started listening to it, laughed, thought, man, this is really good. I hate Fort air just once, so we're going to rear that. For the rest of the show, uh, but I've got about six and a half minutes. I got to fill up with this one. So from the files of don't be that person. All right. Or don't be those guys. <laughs> Bass boat, two anglers rescued 14 miles offshore in the Gulf of Mexico. And this is, this is from November the 4th. The Coast Guard rescued two mariners after their vessel became disabled approximately 14 miles offshore of Cameron, Louisiana, Wednesday evening. Coast Guard Sector Houston-Galveston watchstanders were notified of a disabled, get this, 18-foot bass boat with two mariners anchored. It gets better without fuel. Watchstanders issued a Marine Assistance Request broadcast. A Coast Guard Station Sabine 45-foot response boat medium boat crew was launched to the scene. The boat crew was unable to fuel the vessel due to weather. Then they attempted to tow the vessel, but had to stop the evolution when it began to take on water after a wave hit the bow. The two mariners were safely transferred to the RBM and taken to the Cameron Ferry. No injuries were reported. The Coast Guard has issued a safety marine information broadcast alerting mariners to the sunken vessel. Weather on scene was reported as six-foot seas with 30-mile-per-hour winds. Folks, that is not the time to take an 18 foot bass boat into salt water now granted it may have the weather may have changed but seriously i mean i have been off 23 miles in the gulf stream in a 19 footer with a 115 yamaha on the back and i've only done that once if i'm going any further than that i want two engines and about 30 feet of boat underneath me uh but yeah be a, don't don't be that person don't be these two guys. 18 foot, 14 miles off, 6 foot seas, 35, 30 miles an hour winds. They are, <clears throat> let's knock on wood, thankful they are probably alive right now. Uh, have a, yeah, I'm not going to have time to get to that either. And yeah, a couple of stories I was going to try to get to early. Deer collisions, a hunter's perspective, eight reasons why we hit deer. Uh, we may hold that off till next year, seeing as we're in November already. And then historically high numbers of Americans approve of hunting. I mean, this is October twenty third story by Kip Adams out of QDMA. Kind of really eye opening, really eye opening uh, research of of support for hunting, and um, which is good. It's good that you know there's there's what eight or nine ten percent of the American population that hunts, and to to in this in this latest research. Um, deer, especially 78% strongly approve or moderately, moderately approve of hunting each of the following species and deer comes to the 78%. I'll, I'll go through this, um, for meat, 84% strongly approve or moderately, moderately approve of hunting for, for the meat. So we'll get to that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rush through them because there's some good stuff there. Uh, along with the other one and we'll see. So in, in the in the interim, a couple of minutes, let's let's get a couple of things for the calendar events, which always brought to you by Visit Anderson, Green Pond Landing and Event Center. And uh Morey Sports Preserve in Society Hill, November fifteenth through the seventeenth, is uh gonna have an OSP shooting school clinic. And they've got Vicki Gill and Brian Ash are unbeatable. OSP Shooting School is the best choice for shooters who want to improve their consistency and performance. We are so confident our teaching methods will make you a better shooter. We guarantee it. So uh, that's a good one. For you you out there that need a little help with your shotgun sports, there you go. Morey, Sportsman's Reserve, Society Hill South Carolina, over 15th through the 17th. The 22nd Annual Carolina Backcountry Oyster Roast at the Sumter County Museum is coming Thursday, November the 21st from 6 to 9 p.m. Music presented presented by Johnny Hilton and friends. Enjoy a beautiful evening with friends in the museum gardens with all-you-can-eat oysters, barbecue, chili, and collards, and a selection of beer, wine, and soft drinks. Ah, sounds like my kind of place. I'm telling you, when this time of the year runs around and the oysters start rolling in, yeah. Uh, you'll hear a lot of oyster rose stuff on this show and then uh the north inlet winya bay national Estuarine research reserve uh coming up on november the 15th mindfulness in the marsh high tide is a special time to experience the beauty and unique features of the salt marsh ecosystem join us for a morning of mindfulness and guided meditation that draws the peaceful feeling setting of our marsh boardwalk so i agree Salt marshes are great places, even at low tide. I like them better at low tide. Pluff mud. I remember when uh, Bass was in Winya Bay a couple years ago, they had the Georgetown Festival at the same time, and their T-shirt and sticker at the time says, Pluff mud make our bass big. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and again, I'm going to say it one more time. Deer hunters, when you go into the woods in the morning, hook up to a lifeline, wear a safety harness, be attached to that tree from the moment you leave the ground to the moment you come back because a really successful hunt is uh coming home in the evening and boy let me tell you what the bucks are rutting i watched last weekend i watched a buck run five does for 15 minutes now i could never get a shot at him because i had a bow and they were like at rifle range and then other times i watched two separate bucks um wind checking the whole time i could see them so you're in the woods could happen at any moment All right, hang on. The show that Geddes did for me while we were in Alaska last year is on tap, and it's a good one. Hope you enjoy it, and I'll be back next week. See you then.
3: back to woods and water south carolina with Gettys brandon filling in for roger matts on 94.5 wgtk the answer on the phone with me i have james overstreet and uh we have another good friend that just joined us on the other line by the name of mark zona with zona's awesome fishing show you've seen him on if you woke up early enough this morning and tomorrow morning you can see him on espn two with the bassmaster tv show z are you there i am here Geddes, and uh Good to be with you guys. It, uh, it with
2: the cancellation of the last Elite series, uh, it's been a while.
3: It has. It's been quite a while, and I know that uh, that you and Overstreet got to spend a little time together and go fishing. And and I I teased the, the listeners a little bit and talked about uh, duck hunting with Overstreet. You know, he always goes fishing with you. I have a question: Does does James Overstreet ever take marks on a duck hunting? Uh, James Overstreet does uh, – let me answer Let me be just uh,
2: – let's go behind the curtain for a minute here, Geddes, if you don't mind me saying. Say. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Well, why don't we do that, Street? Here, here's what's interesting <laughs> is I have spent an unbelievable amount of time bass fishing with, with Street throughout the years, uh, whether it's been taping, taping shows or goofing around. And, but the other side is I talk a big game hunting – Uh, But I'm bad at it I mean I am I am really bad at it And and I've never uh, Overstreet's never invited me to have a loaded firearm In
0: my hand with him So
3: no, the answer is no I I mean I cannot believe that And and, you know they say that Overstreet at one point in time Before he decided to get out of the woods and, And shoot the camera instead of the shotgun That he was one heck of a duck hunter Over there in Arkansas Overstreet is there any truth to that? I
0: mean, you know, I don't know. I was pretty mad at them at one time. I'm kind of over it now, but uh, I've seen a lot of you South Carolina buddies over here back in the day when I was in the woods a lot, and especially in the duck woods. So you probably have some listeners and some people that tune in to your show that uh they probably made some trips over here to Arkansas to hunt in the woods. So, um, but a little quick note, I saw this this morning. Uh, they might want to kind of keep up with this the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission is actually talking about limiting the number of uh, days that non-resident duck hunters can hunt in Arkansas. So that's just a quick little note to throw in there. But, you know, I generally try to stay away with zona with a loaded gun. It's true.
3: <laughs> so y'all have uh, had a long relationship uh, through media and in, in, in bass fishing, a lot through Bassmaster. Uh, I've heard the story about how uh, – Overstreet, you and you and Mercer met through Zona, but I have not heard the story of how you and Zona met. So, could you walk us through that? Because this is just kind of an Adventures of James Overstreet and Mark Zona uh, segment here. You know,
0: I you know back before we started doing live and all these sort of things, you know, Zona would he would he and Tommy Sanders would come come into the, every tournament venue, and of course, I was always on the water shooting photos for Bassmaster and every uh, tournament day uh, Zona and Tommy would jump in the boat with me so it was the three of us out on the water together for quite a few years uh, every day at every tournament so you know when you spend that much time in the boat with a guy um, you get to know him, and you get to be buddies and you want to hang out together and so it just kind of went from there
3: Z, I'm sure you have an interesting take on this.
2: Well, you know, actually, I'm going to rewind a little bit before that. Uh, Overstreet worked closely with Jerry McKinnis back in the the days that we were tagging fish and and tracking fish. Um, Overstreet was the wheels on the bus with that. Really, in the street, I don't want to. I don't want to mistime this, but. It was kind of before he was the main the, the the main photographer for Bassmaster, so he was kind of around the tournaments and and Sanders, like like Overstreet said, you know Sanders and I went to every single event. Um, but what was interesting is I remember asking Overstreet, I was like, "Do you know a lot about photography?" And he's like, "Man, I don't know nothing." He's like, "Do you know anything about TV?" <laughs> I'm like, uh, no. know." <laughs> and here's the thing, Geddes. That is the God's honest truth. We kind of, I don't know, it it, it was a weird time because we were all, and you know, working for Jerry McInnes, and and Jerry's a perfectionist, um, you don't have time to stalk around that group or you end up disappeared. That's the best way. To,
0: to put it on, oh he, he, he knows.
2: <laughs> You're exactly right.
3: But Z, can you back up for a second? What was it Overstreet told you? Man, do you know anything about TV, man? <laughs> man he's like, man, did, look, did you go to school
2: for TV or anything like that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about anything we're doing. <laughs> you know you know what's funny is though you you look back on it that was a long time ago that's 14 15 years ago every there's a lot that has changed and there's a lot that that is gonna change um but gosh it was so fun to sanders and and overstreet and, and bowman and and you know we were all best friends some days we'd be fighting like cats and dogs but uh we truly went into battle together and, and learned on the run and, and I'll never I'll
0: never ever take those days for granted
2: now.
3: Yes, now we
0: that. still we still talk about it. You hear the, the term best of times and it and that and it truly was. I'd say that in a minute. That that time period through there when we were doing those things, uh, and all kind of just getting going and getting started, getting to know one another the best of
3: times. Well, I hate I missed it because I know the two of you have been great mentors, all jokes aside. And, and y'all have helped me through this uh, hit the ground running thing that we do over there at JM and for Bassmaster. So it's uh, it's been quite fun. And um, I know that, that Zona's had a lot of things go on with Zona Live and uh, Zona's awesome fishing show. And y'all fish together quite a good bit on the Outdoor Channel, uh, among other places. Uh, Tell me about some of your more interesting fishing trips, fishing shows. I think I was probably back in junior high, but we call it middle school now. Um, But I think I was in middle school, maybe even elementary school when you are back in your prime. (laughs) (laughs) Back in our prime. I love it. Trust me, the
0: best days have passed us. Yeah, we, we had we
2: some pretty good.
0: We had, we we had some good shows, man. There's no doubt, and uh, we knocked them all out in one day. We just everything just when we would do a show, it just seemed like everything went right. And I don't know why that was. It just it just happened that way.
3: Well, you know uh, what when you I mean? was when I was on set was on a a month ago. It was just one of those things to watch Zona fish. I mean, if you're a pro and you decide that you are going to be Mark Zona's guest. Uh, you better have your rod in your hand the whole time and you better be ready to catch some fish.
2: It you know what's uh, and I it, it it's been interesting because what's funny is I always use, there was one certain show that I always use as the bar that that we that I take with with Overstreet and and we've done several. I mean, we've done a bunch all over and they, I don't know knock on wood. Um <laughs> Overstreet has been a has been a uh I, he's been a horseshoe every time he's been in the boat. And one of those shoots was down on Falcon Lake that I, I looked at Overstreet when he came down there. And I, th- I said, man, I, I I saw things out here the other day with I was with Jeff Cree. And it was when it was when Falcon was at its prime. Um, and, and you just had to go and go and go. And all of a sudden, uh, a collision would happen with. I know this sounds nuts, but a collision would happen with 7- to 11-pound bass, and it was it was near midday, and it started, and when it started, uh, words cannot describe that footage, because every now and then, I'll re-watch that show, and, and I, I remember taping that show, and Overstreet caught one. It was like a nine-pounder, and I looked at cameraman Wes Miller, and I said, you better remember this day, because we may never see this again
3: now is there a way for the listeners back at home to be able to watch this uh this infamous falcon show that y'all speak about
2: uh, I believe it's on my TV, uh, dot com. i i yeah, I believe it is it is in that library on there now, spending- now you kind of, uh, go ahead Zima. But. uh it's uh dot com. I, I but you know me Gaddis. I don't even know I don't even know if that's a website or an app I have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's probably true. Well, again, yeah. if you can find that, you do need to go back and check it out because, you know, you'll, you'll, a lot of people say, like, big fish, they don't do a lot of jumping. They don't, you know, they don't do all that much. They just kind of bulldog you and do a lot of pulling on that. But, dude, you will see the most pissed off fish over 10 pounds you have ever <laughs> seen in your life on that show.
3: Oh, I can believe it. And I, I look forward to talking a lot about this and at the top of the hour. Uh, at the bottom half of the hour, excuse me, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about Waddington coming up next week. Zona, you know a little bit about smallmouth fishing, and uh, so does Overstreet. And uh, we'll talk about the Forestwood Cup, which was right in Overstreet's backyard. Uh, that was won with uh, right under 40 pounds over four days um, on Lake Washita last week. And a, a good friend of our show, as I mentioned earlier, Brandon Cobb, finished in ninth place, uh, the, making it his first fourth in a row, um, all four cups he's qualified for. He is finishing the top ten. So that's been really good, guys. we got a lot of good stuff coming up for you. Sorry that Roger's off in the Alaskan wilderness, but we're going to do our best to, to bring you what Woods and Water, South Carolina, is all about. All right, and going to the – we do not have the calendar events this week. I was looking to see if we could find those. From Neil Paul over at Visit Anderson. Neil, we look forward to – that's another thing we need to talk about, guys. We need to talk about coming back to Lake Harville for the Elite Series next year. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be during a different time period, a little bit different time period, but a couple weeks means everything with the winners that we have here. Um And uh that'll be it. So y'all hang on through the top of the hour, and we will be back here at the end of this. And Water, South Carolina. This is Geddes Brandon sitting in for Roger Metz this week. I have on the line, in case you've missed it, James Overstreet, Mark Zona. Guys, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you,
2: Absolutely. Really. Right on. And Geddes, you're, you're killing it today, bud. Nailing it.
3: There's no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, while we're on that, let's just... Can we talk about Arkansas for a second? What's up with Lake Wachita? It took 36 pounds, 13 ounces to win a four-day tournament.
0: Well, that's what happens when you come over here in August, man. (laughs) I mean, you know, if you come in, I I fish that like, I don't know, probably more this spring and late spring than I have in a long time. And I mean, man, you'd have 20, 30, 40 fish days over there. It really wasn't that hard to do. But you get into these dog days, and then of course the lake doesn't have the. When the lake had coontail in it, all over all over the lake, you know, I mean, it it would stay good even in the heat of the summer. But I mean, it's it's just uh, when you come over there in, in August, um, that's a tough place to fish, you know. That, it's none of my business, but they're going to come back to Hot Springs. I mean, you got Lake Hamilton right there in town. I think I'd rather be on Hamilton than in the summer. you got thousands of brush piles and hundreds of docks, and um, I don't know. Uh, it's just a tough place in, in August.
3: Well, hats off to Clint Davis for winning that tough derby. Uh, like I said, he had 36 pounds, 13 ounces. Uh, and second place was James Nickmeyer with 29 pounds, 14 ounces, and Guys, those are two names that we're familiar with because they were with us last year on the Bassmaster Elite Series. And, you know, Clint had two two years of the Elite Series, and he, he went back to FLW. Zona, let me ask you this. Is two years long enough to actually prove what you can do on the Bassmaster Elite Series? <laughs> oh, I, I think
2: a lot of factors go into that, Gettys. Um, You know, Street and I have been able to, through the years, you can genuinely tell if if an angler when when he comes comes into the elite series you had better start swinging punches rel- relatively quickly um or, or you're going to get you're going to get in, in a downward spiral uh, in, in a bad way you, with that being said you know you look at guys like James Nigmeyer who's been around for a long long time and you'd see you'd see spurts here and there in the elite series but would would would, would really struggle with um, consistency and, and looking at Clint Davis. Now, here, here's what's interesting about that tournament that happened at Wachita was, look, when you go there this time of year, there's three things to do. You throw a topwater at the bank, you go throw a worm out deep, or you chase schooling fish. Above and beyond that, uh, you're chasing your own tail. I think this is one of those tournaments, um, where a guy like Clint Davis, you didn't have voices. And and what I mean by voices is you don't have a lot of techniques trying you one way or another way. And if you watched his final day, it was just a comfortable flow. That whole day, he could bunker into what he was doing, really, and that's what what James did. Um, Because there wasn't another two or three or four techniques that pride you away. And and I think that's why those guys excel.
3: And when they're catching that size of fish, I know he brought in the largest bag of the tournament um, on the last day. I think it was a little over 17 pounds. You compare that and it's not even comparable but you compare that to us going to Waddington next week when you're on a school of three and a half pounders and you know that that's not gonna work uh you're right you hunker down and you keep on fishing and you fish comfortably uh moving to the Waddington event uh what's what's gonna happen over there I want both of your opinions on that actually
2: <laughs> oh you know that I've actually that's a place that I've taped with Overstreet i I've fished that place a long time, since I was in my late teens, and and here's what's unique about Waddington. You can catch them very, very, very deep, or very, very, very shallow. And uh, not, to, not to leave that area of the country, but my kids fished a tournament last weekend way up north on that same parallel, and there were smallmouths spawning everywhere last week, and I've never... In my life, seen that in the month of August. I'm curious to see if that population will be up shallow when we get there next week. And Overstreet has seen that with his own eye.
0: Yeah, it's going to be. Um, you know, when we canceled the Chesapeake Bay tournament, it. it um, I kind of thought that was going to be the tournament that was going to be the make or break deal for some, that was going to be the one tournament, maybe that and Sabine that were going to be the toughest deals for a lot of people. Um, but now you got it down to where this thing of the year race is going to get settled there. And, you know, it, it took a, it did take a lot of people out of that race because the, po- the points aren't going to be there for, for that, that thing to flip flop just a whole lot. So, um,
3: now, with you that, know, though, Overstreet, Bass did announce yesterday that they are now going to take 16 people to the Classic Bracket and have three hour. have three bursts from the Classic Bracket yeah. instead of just one and eight <laughs> anglers. So, you know, they're trying to help those Freddie Rambanises, uh, Brandon Coulters, those guys that are right there in the middle um, that really could have benefited from the shakeup of the Chesapeake Bay. But you're right, this Waddington tournament is going to have a lot of major uh, Toyota Angler Year implications.
0: You know that classic bracket deal we've started doing is that's brought to me. That's probably one of the neatest things that that we've added, um, and and taking that thing from eight to sixteen guys and giving them three classic bursts. Um, I tell you, man, that's really not a that's not a a, a bad what you know. You got to beat sixteen guys versus you know an entire field. So. Um, that's one heck of an opportunity for three for three of those guys to um make their way into the classic next year.
3: And Z, will you be at Waddington or will you be at the Angler of the Year championship? Which one of these are you gonna be I, at?
2: I have been notified by by the seven bosses that Overstreet and I share <laughs> that I I, I, will, I will be at the Angler of the Year event. Um I was supposed to do the Chesapeake but they bumped me to the A.O.Y. But with that, you know what's interesting about that Waddington tournament is is what Overstreet's talking about. You look at the top of the heap right now, and you look at Bradley Roy and how consistent he's been. Okay, the scary thing about the what he has to to really overcome in these last two tournaments, these last two tournaments, your drop shotters are Josh Bertrand, Justin Lucas, Jacob.
3: Zoner, are you still there? I think we might have lost Z. We'll try to get him back on the line, but uh I still have my buddy James Overstreet and I think we can get final
2: event. He's back.
3: He's back. He's back. We lost you there for a second. You were talking about the drop shotters that uh that Roy needs to hold off at these final events to to capture Angler of the Year.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be and I apologize, guys. I'm kinda in the middle of nowhere, jumping on an airplane going nowhere. Um I uh <laughs> the the the, really, the the guy that's got to be worried right now is Bradley Roy, just because these next two tournaments are going to be big time electronics tournaments, and, and I, he's he. At least I haven't seen him do a lot of that in the coverage we've had.
3: And Overstreet, I see a name in ninth place in Angler of the Year that uh, that you say is pound oh, yeah. for pound the uh the, the, the toughest tough- guy in professional fishing.
0: <laughs> The Golden Ram, yeah. Clifford Perch, uh, he's got a pretty stout record up up there. You know, he's got a lot of points to make up. That's, and, you know, that's, that's going to be the problem is, uh, not, not as much time to make them up. But, yeah, Clifford Perch, pound for pound, he's the toughest guy to me in bass fishing.
3: Easily. And then you have Justin Lucas running you down at, with, with Bradley Roy. With Bradley Roy, he's definitely in contention. Uh, that's definitely not a uh, not a pack uh, lacking any any experience with Brent Chapman, who's one angler a year. And then you have Casey Ashley, of course, always in the mix. Otto Fau, Dean Rojas, uh, Jacob Barison, Clifford Perch, and then rounding out the top ten with Jacob Wheeler. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting tournament, and um, you know what kind of what kind of weights do you think we're looking at there, Z? Oh,
2: as far as weights up at Waddington, yeah. I, I mean, you you got to have twenty across the board, man. You got to have twenty across, and, and that's what's you know what's really scary for for your guys that are in this angler of the year race, with that being the final tournament before we go to the Aoy Championship. And Overstreet knows this. You, you can have 17 pounds at Waddington on the St. Lawrence River, and you find yourself in 70th place. I mean, that's, that's one of those scary bodies of water that you can get on a pile of three-and-a-half-pounders, and that ain't going to cut it. Um, you got to be sniffing that 20-pound mark every single day there.
3: Oh, yeah. And and that's exactly what we talked about with, uh, you know, I, I talked with Bradley the other day about actually finding your 17 to 18 pound mark fish. And he said it's just hard. It's hard to leave that quality of fish, you know, even though you know it's going to take 20 pounds a day. And that's what it took when Van Dam won last time we were there. And I, I know it, it took more than that when, uh, when Polnick was there the time before. And, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting tournament.
0: It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see what I'd like to know what Bradley's mindset is and the, you know every guy's usually got a number in their head when they start out every day um, you know what his numbers are going to be obviously you know he's going to be thinking I need 20, I'd I'd love to have twenty twenty one but you know what do I think I can get away with you know that's definitely going to be the
3: case.
0: Z's right, you're going to have that, it's going to stack up so much at that 17 and a half, 16 and a half, 17 and a half, 18 pound mark. Man, you could be ounces uh, and be 30 places away from where you want to be.
3: All right, guys, we have a lot more bass fishing to talk. Well, about 15 more minutes of it as soon as we come back from this break. Thanks again to James Overstreet and Mark Zona for being on the line with us. We'll be right back with you. Tell you what, Roger's got some music picked up for these intros and outros. I, I like these pretty good. Sounds like something Z might be listening to when he's shaving off Seth Fighter's mullet. Uh, that was a that was quite a good time, Zona. Was that was that T V making history? Uh, you know,
2: I had, um I, I really don't know what that was. Um You <laughs> were the only thing you were there. Is, you had a front row seat to that disaster. And it's really
3: right when we started catching them. And I just wanted to shave the dude's head and be done with it. And for the listeners that don't know, Seth Fighter is a fantastic fisherman. And uh, as Overstreet would say, uh, he has a fantastic flow as well. So, uh, you know, Zona kind of took the lion and shaved his mane off, but he's still catching them. And, uh, you know, as soon as you start shaving his head, I had a... I had Middleton in my ear, and I was in there. He goes, "Get in the get in the boat. Show a uh, show fighter what his hair looks like." And I get in there, and uh, if the hair cutting was not bad enough, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to Bassmaster dot com and look this up. If it is if the hair was not cut was not bad enough, uh, Zona went to cutting his eyebrows. He cut a couple different slots in his eyebrows, and uh, I just remember you looking back at me saying, "Get us, do not move." <laughs>
2: You know, what's funny about that whole experience was Seth looked at me the night before and he said, hey, he said, I got to get on the road for the next month. Are you good at cutting hair? And I said, Seth, number one, yes. Number two, I've trained my whole life for what could (laughs) happen tomorrow. And it happened. (laughs) It's almost, I'm not going to lie, it's almost something that you would have seen back in the days when Overstreet and I would have roomed together about two hours after a weigh-in, you would
0: have seen something
3: like that. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't cutting my hair, man. I'm just going to put that out there. Hey, and, and what is it you always say, Zona? Overstreet had the beard back in the day when it was cool, and then he just decided not to shave it off during the time period that it kind of went out of style.
2: <laughs> my, I remember, I remember my mom, my, my, I'm a very Italian mother, I brought her to a weigh in one and she looked at Overstreet and she goes, Oh, who's that man? And I said, No mom, not who is that man? What is that man? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All
1: right, Overstreet.
3: Let's uh, let's back up a little bit here. So Overstreet is uh, he has been a part of the elite series as the main photographer, and he was a fish catching machine for Jerry mckinnis back when they used to track the fish. And I've heard numerous stories about Overstreet in Greenland and, and Sweden and wherever else he's been. He was uh, he's in the military at one point. He put in potholes another time and. And one time, he even ran a roundup business. So he's done a little bit of everything. And if you ever need to ask Overstreet any questions, he's very vocal on social media. So, uh, but what he's most known for is his uh, is his photography. Uh, Overstreet, tell me a little bit about what what makes James Overstreet. I know that's a philosophical question, but I want to know what makes James Overstreet when you look through the lens of that camera and you see what you see i've been trying to figure it out for the last year and a half since you've given me a camera and said here go shoot <laughs> just don't back folks."
0: i don't know man i mean i really you know when i do these uh webinars or whatever you call them or i talk to a photography class or somebody asks me you know i guess you kind of get asked you know what your deal is a lot um you know, I, I, I guess I just kind of maybe I see things a, a little bit different than than than, than some people do, or mo- maybe most people. I mean, you shoot with your eyes. I mean, you can have all the best camera gear in the world. You hand it to somebody else; they're not going to do um, the same thing with it that that you might. So, um, I think it's an, it's all how you see see the world. Definitely get us, and how you pay attention to every, you know, you don't just, uh, you don't see the whole of it, you know, you see pieces and parts of things. And I mean, you can learn how to do it, I, I suppose. Obviously, you, you can work on it, but, um, you know, that's your job is, um, is to, is to learn to see all the little pieces and parts and slow down and, uh, tell a, tell a story with, uh, what you shoot, you know, it's not, you know the toughest days on the water, like I've told you, or or when you're on a guy that's not catching fish, but you still gotta, you can still <clears throat> do something with that, and that's your job. So, you know, and and in the fishing world, I think maybe I it maybe helps me that I've been around it my entire life, and um, maybe I have a little bit of knowledge about all those little pieces and parts that make up the world of fishing. You know. Going fishing is, uh, starts when you, you know, start tying your baits on. So there's a lot to it. And, uh, that's your job to, to show all of
3: that. Well, you've definitely been a storyteller that a lot of people look to, to, uh, to really paint the picture of what's going on. And I'm sure next week at Waddington, there'll be a lot of people looking on Bassmaster.com to try to figure out, uh, what's going to happen and what's going on and, and listening to Z and, uh, listen to Zona and, and, and Tommy Sanders and, and Height. And, and listen to what they have to put in and and there i'm sure there's a lot of young listeners listening and and uh zona you you talk to a lot of young people a lot of times and and i'm i'm an example of it uh you don't always have to prepare uh to become a professional fisherman out of college or out of high school you can still work in the fishing industry and still have a lot of fun with it what kind of words would you give to the younger audience listening
2: Oh, you know, you know, I'll actually give them some advice that 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 Overstreet gave me years ago, uh, and I mean this. And it was interesting listening to what James was talking about uh, about his career. He is is Overstreet and I have a a, a a saying? We always say "slow down, folks," and, and it's 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 a saying that Overstreet would say to me all the time. Um, I get going 900 miles an hour, and and a lot of times you get going too hard. You you don't take time to look around, and, and you know one of, one of the things that I could tell you, and I pass this on to my kids, is you know my kids fish. What I think my kids fish like 27 tournaments a week right now, <laughs> and, and and they they eat it, they breathe it, they live it. And, and one of the things I've taught my children is to slow down and not get wrapped up in the fireworks. And, and what I mean, what I'm saying right there is, you, you look at high school fishing and college fishing and, and all the television and, and media. Here's the thing: put on a T-shirt, put on your hard hat, and go catch them. Don't worry about all. Don't worry about all the carnival going on. Just catch them and keep to me, the best advice I could give a young angler is T-O-W, time on
3: water, that's it And that's, some that's a long wild, answer that, that's a long that, answer that, bro that, that is, and and you could go on for days with that And we have about 5 minutes until I think this machine cuts me off Roger said in his pre-recorded segment that I did, didn't really know what uh, heartbreaks were but uh, I think I'm going to find out today whether I figure it out or not But, uh, guys, we really appreciate you coming on and, uh, I appreciate both of you individually and, and, uh, and helping me out in my career and, and, and sharing your, uh, sharing y'all stories. You know, a lot of people like to hear, uh, what happens on the road. And I'm sure, you know, these next few weeks are going to be some interesting weeks in the sport of bass fishing. And I I think that there's a lot of things that are, that are going on. Angler of the Year is going on. Uh, you know, one thing we did not mention though. Uh, going back to when you talked about Texas is uh, Lake Fork was announced yesterday so Texas Toyota Bassmaster Fest is going to be a good time next year. That's going to be some big fish caught.
0: That's going to be a good I did the first uh, Toyota, what do they call it, thing back in the day. <laughs> the, first, the first one of those Toyota events they had uh, like that was actually on Lake Fork. You know, it's hard to get a terminal on Lake Fork because you can't keep fish. So that Tournament format allows us to go there, and uh, I can tell you from that first rodeo we had there that that's going to be a large time on Lake Fork. That's going to be a good
3: one. Oh, I'm sure it will well, be.
0: That, that, there was there was rumor after
2: rumor after rumor that we were going to Lake Fork, and it finally came true. That, so that was the big rumor that.
3: in the fishing industry. I'm glad it got out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs>
0: You just keep on doing, you get
3: us. <laughs> hey, J. O. That's not going to be a problem. I, I'm just like I said. I'm I'm appreciative of both of y'all. I'm glad you're on here. And hey, that is a very interesting note that I will leave for Roger that you noted at the beginning of the show about the non-resident permits for uh, for duck hunting in Arkansas. Um, and yeah,
0: you'll have a lot of guys in South Carolina that want to know about that because they they come here and and they come here in big numbers. So the South Carolina duck hunters they probably need to keep up with that.
3: Well, listen here, guys. I really appreciate y'all coming on. I'm sure I will see uh, at least one of you next week, and I'm sure I'll be talking to talking to Z through live, and and we'll have a good time at Waddington. Real quick before we leave, give me your two guys over street start. Two guys
0: where Waddington?
3: At Waddington. Ugh.
1: I'm
0: gonna go Golden Ram, Cliff Perch. And I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I want to go Van Dam, but I'll give you the. No, I'm gonna go Justin Lucas for the Aoy and tournament win.
3: Oh, big pick Z! You got about fifteen seconds to pick your two. Overstreet was he was he was having a hard time there.
2: Give me some Jonathan Van Dam. We ain't seen him at the top oh, yeah. here too. I'm going to take some JVD, and I'm going to
3: splice it up with some Jacob Porosnick. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's well, guys, good. thank you all so much again. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Woods and Water, South Carolina on WGTK, The Answer, 94.5, The Answer, with uh, Roger Matz. And always remember, as Roger says, as you're going on the show, as you're taking off today... Go on the back roads. Look around. Take your cam with you. Roger. Be back next week. Thank you again for listening in.